Good afternoon and welcome to the Thunder Buddies Podcast. I am your host, Michael Martin. It is just me today, riding solo, one-on-one with you guys, just here to talk about some Thunder basketball. Joe and Barry are both unavailable for this week, but we're still going to have a lot of fun here. First of all, just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I know that this is uh, being posted on the 27th, but I hope everyone had happy holidays, had some great time with their families, got some good stuff to eat, got some good gifts, and everything like that. But let's get into some Thunder basketball. Just recapping, the Thunder lose 125-128 to to the New Orleans Pelicans. That was on Friday night. Um, Shea scores his new career high of 44. He beats out his previous career high of 42, which he did on, I think, three separate occasions. But he goes 17 of 29 for the field, 3 of 4 from 3. The only miss he had was that one at the end of the game where it was tapped out uh, at the end of overtime where he shot it from about midcourt and almost went in just a little bit short. 7 of 9 for the line, but he finishes with 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, and 44 points. Just an all-around really great night from Shea. On the Pelicans' end, their leading scorer was Trey Murphy III, who went 5 of 8 from 3. But the story of the night really was Jackson Hayes, who really dominated this game off the bench. He was a plus 5. He had 21 points, only 6 rebounds, but he was 8 of 9 from the field and 5 of 8 from the line, so pretty efficient there. Otherwise, on the Thunder side, um, you also had some good minutes from Josh Giddy in another game where he goes for 20 points, 2 of 3 from 3, and 9 of 15 from the field. Fortunately, the Thunder don't come out with a win in that one, but all around, all around another fun game. It goes to overtime. The Thunder continue to play a lot, a lot, a lot of crunch time minutes and clutch time minutes, but could not get the win in that one. But tonight they will face off against the San Antonio Spurs, so that should be a good one, hopefully a win. But let's move on to some Christmas things. Like I mentioned, I hope everybody got some great Christmas gifts. I got some good ones, some decent ones. I mean, as you get older, you get more socks and clothes and things like that. I'll talk about a couple uh, gifts I got growing up. I got one time my mom, who's a great gift giver, dropped the ball on this one, and she got me a used gift card one time. It was supposed to be a $25 iTunes gift card. That dates me a little bit. We're not Apple Music. iTunes at the time. Used gift card. Had nothing on it. Another time, she got me a poster. I already had my room, and then... um. Shout out to my sister for one time. She got me a jersey. I unwrapped it, and it's this beautiful Chicago Bulls jersey. Red. Uh, it says Bulls on the front, and it says Rose on the back. I was so excited only to look down and figure out that my sister had gotten me a thrift store Jalen Rose jersey, not a Derrick Rose jersey, but I just thought everybody would enjoy that. But we're doing Christmas gifts just for players on the team, see if I could just gift any of these guys, just a little skill, just a little opportunity, whatever it is, just go through those. We'll start off with Lou Dort. Lou Dort's uh, played pretty well this year. There's been a lot of talk about his shot selection, which has gotten better. But the gift that I would give Lou Dort is just more touch around the basket. There's a lot of times where he goes in like a bull in a china shop, just full head of steam down the lane, and it's just the ball just crashes off the backboard. So there's a little bit more touch from him. I don't know that touch, you know, as much as I have played a lot of basketball, I don't know how much touch is something you can teach and how much that is just an inherent trait. Like you see a guy like Shea who has just great touch. But Lou has continued to improve as a shooter, so hopefully that'll come back around. He's shooting better from three. He's still playing elite defense as he had on Dame the other night. But just a little bit more touch around the basket I think would really, really help him as he continues to develop, uh, to develop not only as a 3 and D player but somebody who can take people off the dribble and finish inside. Next up, we have Shea Gilgis-Alexander. What do you give the guy who has basically everything? I'm going to give him his first all-star 
appearance in the 2023 NBA All-Star Game in Salt Lake City in Utah. And not only that, I'm going above and beyond gift wrapping it, everything, putting a bow on top because I am gifting him an All-Star starter status. I think this would be huge for Shea, huge for his personal brand, huge for the Thunder just to have some more notoriety since uh, I don't, I mean, the last time they had an All Star starter was Duran or Westbrook, so it's been a very, very long time. Or maybe even did Paul George start a few years ago? He might have during his um, third place in MVP voting. I think he probably did, but that's not the point. Shea, I think him being an All Star would be incredible. An All Star starter would be even better. Just once again, putting the league on notice that he is this good and he is a superstar to be reckoned with and someone who is going to be. Um, a problem in the future in the playoffs and the Thunder are a team on the rise Um, on the downside of that I mean the Thunder probably would rather have him become an all-star than anything else but there is some cap implications if he is an all-NBA player and an all-star but those are way 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 down the line the line and the um, I don't know the uh, let's see the chain of command the list of uh priorities that's that's a better way to put it the of just worries the thunder have Shea being an all-star and paying him a little bit extra money is not a big deal and that is the price you pay and something i think the thunder would be happy to do if you get an all-star starter level guy on your team and an all nba player so Shea gil just alexander gifting him all-star starter status for the western conference go out and vote uh for your thunder players as a thunder fan see if you can get these guys in there uh, Shea's having a great year. Vote for all those guys. See what happens. Hopefully we'll see Isaiah Joe in the three-point contest. See some other guys in the skills competition. Hopefully we'll get Josh and J-Dub in the Rising Stars Challenge. But it should be a fun upcoming All-Star Weekend around February. I know that Joe is going out there to cover that. It should be a good time. Next up, everyone's favorite, Alexei Pokashevsky. I'm going to give him the gift of confidence. Just lately, he hasn't been as effective. He, you know, I mean, he got socked in the eye, so that's not going to help anything, walking around with a black eye. But he just doesn't look as confident to me or as assured of himself or as just in earlier this season, he just seemed very, I don't know, calm and collected and decisive. That's the word I'm looking for. Of just every time he caught the ball, just instantly he made a decision and he looked confident doing it. But you're seeing a lot of times now where he's catching the ball and just thinking too much and second guessing. There were a couple times the other night where Joe and I were sitting next to each other during the game, and Poku would catch the ball and he'd just stare at the basket for about two seconds and then shoot the three. And just hardly anybody's going to make that shot. You got to go up immediately, or I, I don't know. You, those decisions you need to be able to have a good idea of what you want to do before the ball even hits your hands. If you're catching the ball and then you're evaluating if you're going to shoot it or not. You've probably already missed or you've given the defense enough time to rotate to you to make it a tougher shot or put you in a position where you now you can't shoot that. So that ball needs to hit your hands and you need to know, you know, here are the three, two or three things that I want to do here. I can either shoot it, I can dribble past them, I can set up another teammate in a swing or something like that. But Hoku, just some extra confidence because he was playing really, really well to start this season outside of, I think, that end of the Minnesota game. But um, he's still shooting well from three, has some good defensive plays, but just overall, I just want some more confidence in his shot. Confident Poku is the best Poku to have. Next up, the Rook, Jalen Williams, J-Dub. And I would just say more ball handling duties. We've seen him in a variety of roles. I spoke to him after practice or shoot around the other day last week in the freezing cold temperature. Um, and he talked about the biggest adjustment for him has just been... Um, I don't know, the NBA size and length 
and different things like that. But I asked him, you know, where do you feel the most comfortable? Because he's played in a variety of different positions, whether it's a lead ball handler, as an off-ball guy, as a defender, uh, as a primary defender. He's played one through four. So just to see him a little bit more on the ball, which I know might be a little bit hard to get him those reps when you have guys like Josh and Shea on the team who you need to run the ball through because, one, they're your two best players. Two, they are the future of this team, and they're your best ball handlers. But I think just some extra reps for J-Dub just to see, you know, what you have. And this might be something that comes up later in the year as, you know, we've uh, Thunder fans are no stranger to this where certain guys, you know, their injuries at the end of the season and other guys get reps. We all live through the Teo Maladon experience and other guys like that getting a lot of opportunities. But just, just feed J-Dub more and just see what's going on. See what else he can do. He's not shooting the three ball extremely well. I would, I almost uh, wanted to gift him just a, a hot streak just for a little bit to raise his confidence up from three, and maybe that'll change the tide. But more ball handling duties and just seeing what he can do as a facilitator, just getting guys involved and as a connector, I think would be a lot of fun. Next up, Josh Giddy. Um, I didn't even really gift him something here other than just keep up the good work on shooting and see if this recent stretch becomes a bigger sample size of him shooting well. Just over the last few games, he's been really effective from three. During December, he is shooting 46.7% from three on 3.3 attempts. That is very, very good. Not sustainable, but very good. Don't um, look now, but he is shooting now 33% from three on a year on um, three attempts per game. Same as Shea. Shea is shooting at 35%, but I don't know. Josh just continues to impress me and continues to improve on his shot. So just if we can put a larger sample size together here, I think it'll stop some of the doubters and just be an overall great confidence booster for him as he continues to change his shot. Because I know I asked him about it a few weeks ago, just changing your shot. I have tried to change my shot, and I'm no, by no means an NBA player. But it is like trying to write with, a, write with a pencil and holding your hand differently or using your other hand. He's trying to break habits that he's had since he could pick up a basketball where he was seven, six years old, whenever he, ever he first started. And it's... It's extremely hard. It, there's a reason why you don't see a lot of guys change their shot. It's not just because they don't, they can't or they don't want to. Well, it is because they don't want to because it's a hard process. You're literally, I don't know, taking dynamite to your shot in a lot of ways and just building from the ground up. I know for myself, and like I mentioned, I'm no NBA player, but I could shoot pretty deep from three, and then I tried to rework my shot, and it looked better. It felt better, but I didn't have the power or the reps or the strength to shoot it past like the free throw line or just the high school level three, which was incredibly frustrating. And to being able to know like a Josh Giddy, it's like, I know I can shoot and be decent with this old shot, but it's just two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, four steps back. It's a constant evolution and a process for Josh. But we mentioned this on the last Thunder Buddies, Joe and I, but he is shooting better. And it's not just from the three-point line. His free throw percentage is better this year. His floater looks better. He's finishing better. Overall, he's had a much better season than his rookie year last year, as much as people don't really want to talk about it. His assist numbers are down, but that's more of just the fact that Shea's handling the ball more and teams are adjusting to him. But he definitely hit the sophomore slump early in the season, but he's Definitely navigating now and finding that counterpunch to the adjustments they've made, which is a very, very good sign for a young guy who just turned 20 this year. Speaking of that, happy birthday, Poku. He turned 21 the other day. Joe and I are sure we'll invite him out to the bar and get rejected, but that would be a fun night, us and Poku just around the town. 
like the Roxbury Knights SNL skit. But yeah, Josh, overall, just keep up the good work. Keep sh- uh, shooting like this and just put a, a a bigger sample size to show people this is not just like a hot stretch of just the month. Maybe this is two months, two and a half months or something like that, where it's like, oh, Josh is making real improvements because I think this would be great for the coaching staff to see, which maybe not actually because they're going to have faith in him no matter what. They see the work that he puts in. But just for his confidence alone and for the fan base to see, I think would be a very, very big thing. Next up, Trey Mann, Mr. Broccoli, guy who was lighting up the G League last week. He is back up on the Thunder, being called back up. But I would just like to see my gift to him is more spot-up and off-ball shooting looks from three. Currently, he is not shooting well from three. Only 30% on 1.4 attempts, and or on 4.6 attempts, 1.4 makes out of that for 30%. Just not very good. A lot of it feels like his... Obviously, we know his superpower is the step back. It's getting to the separation. But it felt like he's just spamming that button like he's playing 2K where it's just like step back three, step back three, step back three. Just vary it up a little bit. And maybe, you know, obviously we want to see him get to that step back three, but just get more comfortable and take the easier shots first and build your way up into those difficult shots. Don't go out there and your first three shots are all step back threes because those are very hard shots and it's going to get in your head, especially with a guy like Trey who's had some confidence issues throughout the season and throughout his first two years. If you go out there and you brick your first two step back threes, which are very, very hard shots, even if you're a good shooter like Trey, it can do a lot for your confidence. But just go out there and get a few easy buckets first, get yourself going, get yourself comfortable, maybe get to the line, and then you start taking those shots. And I think that it'll be beneficial to him. But like to see Trey just keep playing through some of these struggles. It looks like he's bouncing back. He played pretty well against New Orleans. He ended up having the ball in his hands for that last shot in regulation, which wasn't a good look, but that's a topic for another day because it looks like if Shea even came up there, we're going to double team it back out to Trey anyways. So um, I like the shot from him. It just didn't go in, but Trey more spot up opportunities, more off ball shooting looks from three Um, JRE. Obviously, he's been out with that ankle injury, get well soon, but I'd like to see just a higher volume of threes from him as well. Um, He's only attempting 2.9 threes per game, and he's making 1.1 of those for 38%. Let's just pump those numbers up. A lot of um, this is where you find out with guys is you just feed them usage, you feed them more minutes, and usually in that amount of time shows the real player that they sort of are. So let's see. Let's get him to five or six three-point attempts per game. This is not always going to equate to wins, but I think this will be good to see on a higher volume what type of shooter he is because there are certain guys where it's like he's a really good shooter. It's like, well, he's only taking the wide-open shot that he knows he can make. You can shoot a pretty good percentage on that. So the, the true great shooters are taking a variety of shots and still shoot a pretty good percentage on it. But let's see JRE in some different roles, different spots. He's been a really good pick-and-pop big along with um, in those lineups with Shea or Josh, and he's a good spot-up uh, spacer from the corners and around the three-point line or a trail big on those threes. But let's just see more and more threes from him and see what type of shooter he is on a higher volume and not on just, I guess, specialty shots or very, very uh, selective looks from him. Isaiah Joe... Joe time. Can't say enough good things about Isaiah Joe. What I'd like to gift to him is all of the minutes with Shea, Giddy, or J-Dub. I just want to see anytime he's out there, he needs to be with one of them because he is just instant spacing for those guys and just makes their life so much easier. 
Isaiah Joe, best three-point shooter on the team. He's shooting 45%, 4-4-8. I'll round that up to 45% on 3.7 attempts per game. Those attempts continue to go up. He's only averaging 12 minutes per game, but that continues to go up. He's only started one game. But Isaiah Joe, the spacer for this team, um, a guy who can move off the ball, go, run through screens, spot up, do a variety of things. And he's shown a little bit more off the dribble, but just more and more minutes with those three guys, Shea, Giddy, and J-Dub, just to space for them and make life easier for them, I think would be very, very nice. And let's see if Isaiah Joe, you know, see if he can play in these crunch time minutes, see if he can be a defender. But at the same time, you want to see him with those guys because he maximizes their skill sets as drivers with just allowing them more spacing and being somebody who you can't ignore on the perimeter. Thunder fans are no um, stranger to this. There were times in the past where Tabo Cephalosha, Andre Robertson, even Lou Dort early in his career, where defenders, if the ball gets swung out to them on the corner, they're just looking away and daring them to shoot. Isaiah Joe is not that. He will knock down seven threes if you leave him open all game. So there are some tough decisions that are going to be made if Shea drives towards that corner on the baseline and Isaiah Joe is there, the defender's going to have to choose, do I help and make the shot harder on Shea? Because if Shea's going to one-on-one, he's going to score against about anybody going into the lane. He's one of the best finishers in all of basketball. But if then you trap him and help him to make the shot harder, you're swinging it to Isaiah Joe, who, like I just mentioned, is shooting 45% from three. So it's just a pick-your-poison type of thing. But let's see you know, what more Isaiah Joe can do. It's still early in his career. He's only played let's see um 26 games with the thunder but just continue to feed him more minutes and more opportunities and just see what you have from him this year is just like in the last year is about exploring the roster development and just what do you have in these guys who plays well together who meshes and things like that obviously we've spoke until we were blue in the face about getting Chet back and how important that'll be but just seeing Isaiah Joe with those guys will just make their lives so much easier and let's just see, like we've talked about, um, if he can be the Duncan Robinson for this iteration of the Thunder. Next up, Kendrick Williams, Kenny Hustle, keep doing your thing. My gift to him is no trade talk noise this season. Andrew Schlecht of The Athletic and Down to Dunk has talked a lot about the Thunder and no rush to trade uh, Kenrich Williams. His agents have talked about that this is where he wants to be. So let's just hope that there's, I mean, it's going to swing back around where a lot of the NBA smart guys like an Andrew Schleck, Kevin O'Connor, and others will talk at the deadline about, you know, is Kenrich Williams gettable? This Thunder team isn't pushing to win right now. We're pushing for the play-in. Could a contender like the Warriors, for example, or the Bucks, or whoever, uh, push for Kenrich Williams and trade for him? I am just hoping that those things get squashed and we don't have to talk about Kenrich Williams trades because in my mind and based on what I know, he's not going anywhere. But Kendrick Williams, continue to do great stuff, continue to be a mentor and a leader for guys in the locker room. My gift to you is hopefully no stress for you and your family because we are not going to be talking about trade talks and you moving anytime soon. Next up, fan favorite, podcast legend of this one, Aaron Wiggins. Just some consistent minutes. I'm not going to be the person who talks about or says he needs to start every game because they're undefeated when he starts. Some of that is extremely, extremely circumstantial, but... Everyone knows my thoughts about Aaron Wiggins. Just good things happen when he plays. He's winning player Andrew Wiggins, winning play Aaron Wiggins. Apologies. But he just makes consistent plays that help your team out. He fills in the gaps. He's an ideal role player. 
and a vet. Even in year two, he just plays like somebody who's been around for a while. He's 24, but just good stuff from Aaron Wiggins all the time. I'd like to see them almost stagger him and Lou Dort so you can see what he looks like as a primary defender on some of these offensive juggernauts like a Dame and things like that. Just see what you have in him. But Aaron Wiggins, just consistent minutes. I'd like to see him um, in the rotation as a staple and not as many DNPs or the three minutes a game here and then 25 the next night because he can play a variety of roles in a variety of positions. He seems like he'd be a coach's best friends and uh, coach's best friend in that where he can be sort of a Swiss Army knife where you can throw him out in a variety of roles like a Kenrich Williams. But Aaron Wiggins, more consistent minutes. Mike Muscala, Moose, the vet on the roster. Just some more uh, Chet light spacing minutes. Obviously, talked about it. Chet is the story going into next year. See what the team looks like with him. Mike Muscala is not Chet, but he can replicate some of the spacing that you're going to get with Chet just in the pick and pop game and as a trail big. And just all that spacing that Moose just produces, especially in those minutes with Shea, which have been talked about agnosium. He and Shea have been really good together as a two-man combo over the last couple of years. But just his leadership, I'm gifting him more Chet light spacing minute, uh, minutes in the lineup just to see what he can do and continue to space for this team and give more opportunities for your Shea's, your Josh's, your J-Dubs, and others for more driving lanes and things like that. Darius Baisley. I am going to gift him a new home at the trade deadline I'm going to stop everyone right there before we get into exaggerations. This is not Darius Baisley's a bad player. Darius Baisley's a scrub. We need to get Darius Baisley out of here. This is more so just the fact that Joe and I referred to the other day. I just don't think he is the right fit for this type of Thunder team. I think you could see him on the Dallas Mavericks. You could see him on the Atlanta Hawks. You could see him on a lot of these other teams who play a lot of iso ball and a lot of high... Um, high pick and roll and just space it out and don't give these guys a lot of opportunities to make decisions other than you defend, you dunk, you shoot threes. I think Darius Baisley is just more fit for a team like that. And, you know, he is good enough to get minutes on this team. I just don't think he, he's just a square peg in a round hole on this roster in terms of what his skill set uh, means to this roster. Joe and I talked about it on the last pod, but he wasn't even drafted for this iteration of the Thunder. When he was drafted... Um, you know, Steven Adams was still on this team. Paul George, Russell Westbrook was still on this team. Jeremy Grant was still on this team. A lot of things have changed. Or a lot of things changed just from the part of when he got drafted to when he played his first regular season game of the amount of guys on the roster and just the iteration of the Thunder that was there. And I think that he is just more of an older era Thunder guy, if that makes sense, of the super athletic, high potential guy who's a little bit raw and we need to work on it. And that just doesn't seem like the new Thunder way now, which is super long, um, super high basketball IQ, pass dribble shoot ability, defend multiple positions. He has a few things of that, but he doesn't have the main thing that they need on offense, the two main things, which is they need shooting and they need decision makers. And Darius Baisley, it can be decent in the um, fast break if it's just like a pass like that but when he has to make advanced reads I think he can kind of struggle and get o- overwhelmed with things like that so Darius Baisley I hope he gets a new home I hope Bays figures it out because I think he's a nice guy and a very interesting player I just don't think it's going to work out where he's going to find his true potential or his ceiling or his ideal role in Oklahoma City during this iteration of the Thunder Eugene Omarui 
every night <laughs> I'd like to see him play in the uh, new uniforms, the city night games, all the time. It's no secret, Ryan uh, St- uh, Ryland Styles of the Locked on Thunder. We talked about it a lot in person, but he just plays way better in those uniforms. There's no secret about it. I think he scored more points in just that uniform than all the other uniforms combined. It's like the Spike Lee, is it the shoes type of thing. But for Eugene, let's get him in uh, city night games all the time. Eugene's sort of a hard guy to figure out because I don't think he's long for this team. But he does make an impact in the games where he does get minutes. And he's proven to be effective. There's obvious flaws there. I don't think that he's a long-term piece. I think he's more like the Isaiah Roby of this year or something like that where he might get moved on to a different team. But he's still been... Very good in the time that he's played. He's been effective in the G League, and he's been a very good spot guy in matchups where they need him against a bigger body, against like a Zion or whoever it is, just being a wide base, even though he's not a center traditionally. He said he played a little bit in college, but mainly he played the three and the four. He gives you a little bit of positional versatility with that, but let's just see him in the the city night uh, uniforms all the time. The one with the red dirt, The they're looking pretty good. I haven't had the chance to get my hands on one of those and be up close and personal other than just watching people wear them on the floor or around the arena. But they, they look pretty decent, especially on Eugene who balls out at them all the time. Speaking of another rookie, we'll go on to Usman Jang. Uh, I'll give him as a black Panther reference. I'll give him a vibranium, vibranium wrist. You know, he's had two different wrist injuries this season, one over the summer and one more recently that would keep him out around six weeks Hopefully we'll see him, I let me guesstimate the math here, maybe after the All-Star break, I don't know. I Don't quote me on that, but I think that's around the timetable, six weeks. But back to Jang, if we can just see him healthy a little bit more, I think that'd be great. In the minutes he's played, he's been very, very interesting. He has a high ceiling, you see the potential, but just more and more minutes just to see what he has. Um, I guess if I had to gift him anything else other than the obvious of health, it would be to just be more aggressive, more assertive, uh, more assertive. There are times where he's out there and he just kind of floats and you're like, oh, Usman Jang, he played 20 minutes tonight. I don't remember any of that. But just he needs to constantly feel like he has an impact on the game. He can't be out there just floating and just being the fifth guy because you need five guys on the floor. He needs to constantly be a force on offense and defense even if it's not creating points or just getting blocks, you need to know that he's involved, if that makes sense. And then the last two, we have Jay Will. Just more opportunity to show what he can do. He made his first career three a couple weeks ago when everybody was hurt. It was against Memphis. Um, he had some great passes. He's been balling out in the G League for the blue. Like I mentioned with J-Dub earlier, I think a lot of his minutes and opportunities will come on later in the year as the season progresses and maybe guys get shut down in the last few weeks. This is not a prediction or a promise or anything like that. This is just forecasting and guesstimating. But um, just more opportunity for him just to see what he can do. Obviously, if Bays is not long for this team, that's going to free up even more minutes, even though he doesn't get to play a lot. But I'd like to see even J. Will get more of Eugene's minutes or things like that. Or if Jang's out, give J. Will some minutes there. Just see what you have. I know he's only a second-round pick, but you drafted him. Um some guys have some high opinions on him in the locker room and scouts and things like that as a guy who could be a role player. So let's just see. And especially with Jerry out, like you're running out of size, you're running out of big. So just run him out there and let's see what happens. I mean, if he's a disaster, then you bring him right back. 
I think there are times where the game looks a little bit too fast for him, but the only way it's going to slow it down is for him to get more and more minutes and get more comfortable out there. And like I said earlier, this season is about discovery and development and seeing what you have on the roster and testing guys out. You know, some guys have the training wheels uh, still on them. Some need the training wheels off. Shea is on like a motorcycle right now going full speed 90 down the highway. Uh, But Jay will just more opportunity to show what he can do because I think he's more than just the guy who gets charges and is the other Jalen Williams on the team who was drafted this season. And last but not least, Chet... Holmgren, not Holmgren, Holmgren. I have been checking the pronunciation guide for the Thunder, and I'm going to burn it into my brain that it is Holmgren for it. But just health for the start of 2023. There's been a lot of talk because you see the videos at practice. I've shot it myself of Chet shooting around um, in the practice facility or before a game or walking around without his boot. Chet is not going to play this season. There's no reason to do that. There's no reason to risk it. You know, um, you can talk about some of the things where maybe it is a big deal for him where he wants to go for rookie of the year next year, but there's just no real upside and there's all these downsides to him coming back and playing this season. So just for him to get ready and to feel prepared and be a full go uh, for the, for the summer of 2023, where he can get in the gym with Shea and Giddy and start working on this chemistry and whoever they get in the first round this year from their lottery pick, ideally, I think is very, very important. But Chet Holmgren, just get healthy, Chet, please. Um, I met him around the arena. That is a tall, tall dude. He's built like uh, Wilt from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Super nice guy. But Chet, just please get healthy. And I think that'll do it for the Christmas gifts. Let me know if you guys had any good Christmas gifts this year, if you got your version of a Jalen Rose jersey or anything like that, or if you have any various gifts that you think that I missed out on for some of the guys. I didn't get into the two ways of guys like Lindy Waters, uh, who has been good. Maybe I'll get into that next time. I didn't talk about Mark or Sam Presti or anything like that, but I think I think we've got a good uh, stocking st- uh, stuffer for a lot of these guys, but we'll see going forward. But thank you so much for uh, listening. We will be back on Friday, hopefully with a guest. Maybe not. Maybe it'll just be me again. Thank you so much for listening. We are the Thunder Buddies. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, comment, everything on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at ThunderBudPod. That, again, is at ThunderBudPod. We are working on some new things, new stuff in the pipeline. I'm working on some new intro music, some new artwork for us. Um, maybe some giveaways, maybe some merch, a lot to look forward to just like on the thunder. There's a lot to look forward to with the thunder buddies and it should be a good time going forward. But like I said, thank you so much for listening to the thunder buddies podcast and we will be back on Friday.